Hey there, everybody. How you doing again? It's Pastor Chip. Thank you for tuning in. I'm sitting here flipping through my wife's Bible today. Ecclesiastes is really sticking out lately. I like some of the things said in there, a lot of the things said in there. And I may have to talk about them a couple of days. But, uh, I want to follow up with a thing today that talks about vanity. So let me ask you, you know, if you've got kids out there, you have a kid that he wants to do something, and he knows Mama will tell him no, so what does he do? He asks his daddy. But if it's something he knows his daddy will tell him no, he asks his Mama, right? It's the same with um, employers. People will do the same thing with their employers. They ask the person they think. But you ever you ever have a situation where somebody comes to you and they ask you a question and you know when they ask you the question they know the answer. They're just wanting you to justify it for them. And when you don't, they're mad at you because they didn't hear the answer they wanted. And that's really true with a lot of... Um, A lot of sermons and preachers. You know, <clears throat> people go to church to get their 15-minute power charge for the week. That's all they can afford to give God is 15 minutes back out of seven days of the week. And they don't want <clears throat> preachers stepping on their toes. They won't feel good theology. I asked a preacher one time, I said, why don't you preach a lot of heaven and hell or hellfire and brimstones? And, you know, why don't you preach think topics that are societal in nature? You know, topics that um, pertain to the world around us. Why don't we preach against the things people are doing? You know, abortion, alcohol, drugs, whatever. Adultery. And he says, because these are the same people that tithe. And if we run off the people that tithe, 
we don't have money to pay the bills and keep the church going. So essentially, what he was saying, nothing's changed in 2,000 years. Jesus came and fought the rulers of the church because he was a threat to their financial system of the temple um, sacrificial system, you know, where they were selling the doves and everything else. And he was, he was a threat to their income. So we have essentially the same thing. But yet, in society, people will listen to what the philosophers say about certain things because the philosophers ice it over, put a twist on it that's, you know, they can talk you into jail and make you think you wanted to go there. But the church is going to talk about the same topic And talk about how the condemnation you're facing or what you're doing is wrong or, you know, not biblical or scriptural. But you get the same results, but they don't want the preacher preaching to them. You following me? So it's funny that holly three thousand years ago or so in Ecclesiastes chapter twelve I'm gonna start in verse eight, he says, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity, all is in vain, essentially. And moreover, because the preacher was wise. He still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright words of truth. Verse 11 says, The words of the wise are like goads, and the words of the scholars are well-driven nails given by one shepherd. And further, my son, be admonished by these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is wearisome, wearisome to the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And I'll hold with that for a minute. But the words of the wise are like goads. The words of the scholars are well-driven nails given by one shepherd. It's driving the nail home.
a wise person has been there. You know, why why are wise men old? You ever think about that? Because they've lived a long, fruitful path and been successful at something, dodging death or whatever. But of making many books there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the flesh. It's study... It's wearisome to study, 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 I guess. But when you can listen to the wise man and the preacher who reads the Proverbs and sets things straight, there's a lot of things the preachers say. But they need to get back to setting things in order. They need to get back to finding acceptable words. And they need to get back to the words of truth. You see, by failing, by failing to speak the words of truth, the harsh reality that people don't want to hear, we've allowed scholastic academia to become... To become the people who set the standards for our youth. To misguide them morally and biblically. They may be wise beyond their years. But when we as parents fail to keep our kids in church. And when church fails to feed the spirit and feed the soul. Because they're worried about the tithe, we've dropped the ball. You know, it's like I have a friend who's raised two children with the same wife. The first one, they they ruled, you know, with discipline and spanked them and, you know, did whatever to raise the child right. But the second one, the mother said, you'll not touch this child. You lay no hand on him. And because of that, he's not only pushed every envelope, he's busted out of the envelopes. He's busted out of the brown boxes. And he's doing what he wants to do with complete and utter disrespect to everybody he meets. Like he rules the world. 
Everybody has to answer to him. So you see, whether or not we raise our children right, or whether or not we preach the words that we should preach, and whether or not the professors and the scholars lead or mislead our youth. Verse 13 and 14 sums it all up. He says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So, you can run, but you can't hide. You can lie, cheat, and steal. You can preach feel-good theology all you want to. And because you're sitting in church and saying, well, my preacher said this, doesn't mean God's going to let you off the hook. This is where I think that quote is appropriate. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. doesn't matter what you do. If you aren't keeping God's commandments, and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how golden you are. I don't care if you're Midas, and everything you touch turns to gold. It ain't going to happen. Paul says, no one of us is good. No, not one. You know, had a friend in the Army, I mean, in the Air Force. We used to have theological discussions almost on a daily basis. He wanted me to explain why, why, why. And kept throwing up all his why not, why not, why not. Why can't I do this? And I can be good and I can do this. And Gandhi's good and, you know, uh, Mother Teresa's good and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just going to take my chances. I'm going to live a good life because I think I can get into heaven being a good guy. I don't have to believe in your Jesus. And I said, you know, you're absolutely right. You got free will. But here's the deal. Well, my might add, he said that I couldn't prove that Jesus existed, so add that in there. So so I said, here's the deal. You live your life 
and you keep doing good because you don't believe in Jesus, and you die, and you find out I was wrong, then you're then you've lost your soul to damnation for eternity. But if I believe in Jesus and do everything and I find out when I die that you know I lived according to your standard according to your rules then I've not lost anything have I I lived a good life I lived for Jesus and you say there wasn't no Jesus well then I'll be good to go also but If I'm right, I still get to go to heaven, and you don't. You see, it's a win-win for a Christian. Win-lose if you're not. You know, in the last two days, I've had so many conversations with people. God keeps putting people in my path. He keeps opening doors. He's giving me opportunities. Call it what you will, but I believe in Jesus, and I believe in the hope of the resurrection. And I believe in divine intervention. You know, as long as I keep doing it, and as long as it may be in vain or vanity, as he says in Ecclesiastes, I'm going to search out the Proverbs, and I'll find the words that are acceptable, and I'll keep preaching the words of truth as I know them to be. And if it goads some of you, well, good. And this is Pastor Chip. I hope you all have a great evening. God bless each and every one of you. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you tomorrow.